Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in SoCo Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level. What, in essence, is high-performance culture? We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high-performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high performance culture. Hey guys, today we had the pleasure of sitting down and speaking to Mario Donato, who's the owner of CMD Gym in the States. And as his tagline goes on Instagram, he's the builder of superhero physiques, which relates to his work with uh, several uh, well-known Hollywood actors for well-known Hollywood movies. So Mario has a very interesting background as a freediver. So we chat to him a good bit about that and the mental aspect of us and the physical requirements needed. Uh, He's also doing a good bit of bouldering and rock climbing at the moment. So we chat about the, the physical requirements of that too. And we speak about his clients and what kind of group of clients he has found to date to be the strongest trainers then we kind of touch on a good few topics including his life lessons for his younger self his thoughts on ironing sharpening iron uh, also his kind of ideas or thoughts on how to get clients to, to make a change and their motivation to make a change chat about his role models his life goals and also how much he measures success wrap up by speaking about his interest in and work in ocean conservation so it's a really good listen and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So if you have any and you want to share them, please get in touch with myself or David on Instagram. We're there on SoCo Performance or D Clancy Physio. And Mario himself is there as Mario underscore Donato. So yeah, hope you enjoy this one and speak to you all soon. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sleep Each Performer Peace. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking to Mario Donato. So David uh, is going to give us all a background on, on Mario. So Mario, firstly, thanks very much for coming on today. You seem to have a very interesting background. That's why the two of us wanted to talk to you today. You're in the business of administering superhero physiques. You're the (laughs) founder and owner of your own gym, CMD Gym. You seem to have a very interesting background, diverse background from oceanic conservation through to bouldering, through to a variety of other different things. But the main reason the two of us wanted you on today was you seem to be a big fan of Guinness. And that's, oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's that's the main reason why I said we have to reach out that to you, That was the man. main point. Got it. Understood. I'm glad you got your priorities straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, how's life? What's, what is the world of Mario doing t- these days? Uh, not much. Everything is going good. Um, my gym is going pretty well. I've got a couple of different athletes in here. I'm getting prepped right now with my also my general PPPs general fitness performance people so everything is going pretty good man no complaints um yeah just looking forward to the fall got some projects 
coming up. Hopefully, I can speak more about them next. You know, next time we catch up. But yeah. everything seems to be going well. Thank you. Perfect. So, Mario, the other day, um, I was looking back over who we've interviewed so far and looking forward to who we've got lined up to interview. And I was like. There's one uh, one sport or one activity I'd love to reach out to someone in, and uh, we obviously knew your background for, uh, with your personal training and your gym before um, kind of getting in contact with you. But it was only when I was researching that I saw that you did uh, or you do a lot of free diving and scuba, and that was the activity I was like, I would love to speak to somebody who does this because I'm really, it's something I'm really curious about. Could you talk us through kind of your your, your free diving, especially kind of the from a physiological point of view and a psychological point of view, the kind of stuff that you go through uh, with these attempts that you're making? Because obviously it's fairly risky stuff. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I kind of, I was a bit lucky from the get-go, from the jump start, because I was born in the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, so I was pretty much raised around the ocean, and the way the way it all started was uh, my father used to send me under the boat to scrape it clean in the marina. So I kind of like instinctively just started holding my breath that way and being in the water. And then as I got older, I just fell in with the right people in free diving. And then it, um, and then as time progressed, it's like anything, you know, you're, you're talented to, your talent takes you so far, but then you have to actually start training no matter what it is. And that's when I just started following in with the right guys. Uh, but like I said, predisposed wise, I've been pretty lucky because my CO2 tolerance is pretty high. So as you hold your breath, as you know, your O2 drops, your CO2 rises. Yeah. And mine rises exceptionally, not exceptionally, but pretty slow. So that was a big benefit. And I've also got seven and a half liter lungs, which helped me tremendously at that, yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. Okay. And what's, what's the longest you've held your breath for on a free dive? Uh, well, in a static hold, like basically just face down in the pool, it's been eight and a half minutes. My God, eight and a half minutes. Yeah, and that's but that's not diving, obviously, because when you dive, you burn oxygen. So that's just me face down on the side of the pool, someone standing next to me, you know, waiting in the next to me, and they just keep touching my shoulder, and I raise my finger to let them know that I'm coherent. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't passed out. Yeah, and, and does that give you a, a, a tolerance to be able to train differently or, or train maximally in a, in a variety of different ways does that how does that affect maybe what you do in a gym or does it um i don't know i think uh, uh, i mean those guys are so much better than me but i think what it is is what helps me out is you know holding your breath time takes on a new kind of meaning i guess you could say uh you know on an average dive when i was free diving it would be around three and a half minutes but that's because i'm moving and i think what happens is time wise you kind of realize that your breath controls everything that you do. Uh, you know, it's that old saying that if you can, if you can control your breath, you kind of control the situation. And I think that had that word that goes across the spectrum, whatever you do in life. So I think that's probably where I've benefited more. I don't think it's made me stronger or better than anyone. It's just kind of made me learn how to pace myself and know when to kick it up and when to slow it down because everything is being relaxed and free diving. As soon as you get excited, your heart rate goes up. Yeah. So you have to kind of find that sweet spot. Okay. Yeah. And when you're at the, however you want to, I was going to say the peak, but probably the depth of a free uh, of a free dive or a, a scuba dive, and it's kind of, a, I'm imagining a pretty intense situation. Is there, is it more of a physical stress on the body or a mental stress or, or a bit of both? Um, well, I think it's, well, it's, you know, the depths that some of us do, I think people need to realize that it doesn't happen overnight, you know, within a year of training, at least when I was full blown into it, you would probably get like a meter or two every 
couple of months. So it's a slow process. So you're you're adapting yourself as you go. Uh, psychologically, I think it's more of a, it is more psychological than I, is, I think it's physical because a perfect example I can give you is when I used to live in Long Island, Bahamas, I was always, I was trying to free dive to a certain depth, which is about 20 meters at the time, 25 meters. And we were in a blue hole and about 20 meters, the blue hole opened up. So what that means is if you think of like a wine flask, yeah. Yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like you look at the top of it and then it gets thin and then it opens up. Yeah. So that's pretty much the way this blue hole was. And I was always diving in it. And then when I got around 20 meters, when I saw the outline of that rim, I would, my ear would start to hurt. I didn't think I had enough breath left. So I would turn around this one off for months. And then one day I did it in a bit of a, a bit of a crappy kind of shitty, uh, I guess visibility because the weather was bad that morning, but we still had the line in front of us because everything is, we do it in front of a line for depth. It's not like you're, it's not like when you're spearfishing, you're swimming around the reef, free diving, it's usually straight down and back up. It's a straight shot. So I was just looking at the line and I missed the ridge because the visibility was bad and I got like seven more meters. And so when I came back up and realized what happened on my computer and my buddy that I was diving with, that's when I really learned that it was all psychological. Like I had it in me forever. I just knew that around 20, 22 meters is when the, the blue hole opened up. Does that make, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, after that, it was almost like the brakes came off. It completely changed my whole outlook on things. Okay. So. So when you come to a fork in the road, you'll always take the fork. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta, if it scares you, you gotta go for it. <laughs> that's the only way you get better, I think. So, so tell us a little bit. I've also done a bit of research. You seem to be into bouldering and rock climbing. Is that right? Um, I just started getting into that, actually. That's probably been the past couple of years. It's just been fun. Um, we were kind of just looking for something new and, you know, making a, you gotta always look for something new. It makes you humble. It makes you better at the same time. And we just started getting into it, me and a buddy of mine. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. You're, it's probably one of the few things like, uh, same as freediving, you're in the moment. You know, there's some things you can do where your mind goes somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but whenever, all, my, the, all the freediving I've ever done, I'm right there, I'm in the moment. I'm not thinking about my relationship or bills or some stuff I've got to do later in the day. And I found that with bouldering, it's kind of the same way. You're just right there because you're gripping, you're holding, and you're looking for that next next place to plant your hands and feet so that was kind of the attraction of that to me okay and in terms of the 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 rock climbing and the, and the bouldering marrow in your in your opinion which is more important to, to have is it about more flexibility or is it more about strength Oof, i definitely learned that uh bouldering is a, is a, is a, um, a little man game and what i mean by that is like uh it's it, it pays to be a little more uh how can I put it? Like a big guy is going to have a hard time doing that. It's a whole different type of muscle group. Yeah, it's completely. Yeah. You know, you can back squat and bench press all you want, but when you're doing that, you come off it with feelings that you didn't realize you had. So it's uh, definitely, I would say, it's a, it's, it's more. You want to be a lot lighter, a lot more limber for yeah. sure. Flexibility helps a lot too, because a lot of the stuff that we do, unfortunately, a lot of people when they train, they don't realize they're just training to go go straight yeah and i think when uh from my experience like i said i'm still learning i'm still a novice you've got to be much more flexible because you're moving left you're moving right you're trying to twist a little bit to a certain point and uh i think that's because i do a lot of stretching with yoga now too because i was doing that when i was free diving 
Yeah. So that helps me benefit, but I would say definitely flexibility. Yeah. Definitely flexibility. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that as well. Like because you see. There's a, a very good rock climbing gym here in Dublin and uh, you'd be up with us and I'm guilty of this myself, especially in the early days that you you try and muscle your way up a climb and you're not really yeah, learning right. the techniques just because if, it might be an easier climb. But then once you hit that point where it's technique is, is needed, it's the lack of flexibility just means you can't go any further. All the strength in the world won't get you up the, won't get yeah, you you up the face. You know what, it's funny. It's, exactly. It's, uh, it's the same way with, um, you know, I've been very lucky to train with, uh, very fortunate to train with some military guys. You know, and what I mean by train is like help train them. And it's funny because if you see a movie, all these guys are like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and they're just packed to the hill with muscle. Yeah. And they're, you know, carrying all these guns and stuff and packs, and it's not like that. Like, no. real world guys, are, they're, they're small. And they're strong and they're wiry and they can do a lot with their build. Like, and yeah. I think yeah. that's, but you know what I mean? So you, like, you see like, Alex, said, yeah, like Alex Honnold. Well, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Like Alex Honnold. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, that's what's so funny is it's not always, you know, the big man doesn't always win the game. Yeah. As, as a lot of people think, it's like, oh, he's big, he's strong, so he can do anything. It's like, no, 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 it's a whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame. So, so what's the what's the next maybe sport or event or something you see yourself doing in another three or four years to keep yourself fresh is it's going to be something like free running or, or um, I I don't know I'm, I'll be honest with you I, I'm not a fan of running you know unless it's raining or I'm being chased I, I, <laughs> I just I don't know I just it's not something I'm attracted to but I'm definitely looking for that next thing the bouldering has me kind of occupied right now and I've, uh, I'm enjoying that as much as I can but I, I always feel those type of things kind of represent um, present themselves at the right time Yeah, if that makes sense yeah, so I'm not looking too far down, but I know there'll be something else. Because as soon as I start, my eye starts wandering, I'll find that next yeah. thing. And it's always good to find something that just keeps you fresh and keeps you learning better. Yeah, for sure. So, so Mario, to switch over to your professional life now, um, I know you treat, or sorry, you, you train a lot of people from different cohorts like the military and different sports and obviously people in the entertainment industry. As a, as a very, very generalization or rough generalization, who is the kind of the toughest or most robust mentally cohort of, of clients you've trained? Do they tend to come from one particular industry or are they, are they more widespread? Um, I would say it's probably more widespread. Usually the background helps. It doesn't really matter what industry they're in. Yeah. It's kind of like what, what the person's brought up in. Uh, but all joking aside, I think probably some of the toughest people I've trained are mothers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've know, they've had to be pretty funny. resilient. Yeah, you know, um, they're pretty hardworking. It's it's pretty funny because I just I mean like like you said, the people I've trained. Don't get me wrong, I've had tough in every aspect of that. But I'd have to say across the board, it would definitely be some mothers and obviously people that have their own businesses too, that are running their own companies. Um, whether that be in entertainment, because even actors have a, like mini little empires they're running. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's not just they're not just front of a camera. It seems like people that have a lot going on in their life seem to be really good in the gym. They find their time seems to be different. Their uh, what prioritize is important. They don't miss much. It just seems they're very. Let's get this done. What do you want me to do? Okay. There's never this hurts, that hurts, or oh, I don't feel like it today. They're very like, let's do what we got to do because I got something else up. I got to take care of. So, and moms are the same way. I know that sounds funny, but you'll have some girls that don't that aren't parents. I mean, aren't mothers, 
if they say they don't have any time or this hurts and that hurts and then you have a mom of three and she's coming in and she's just killing you in the gym yeah so that's yeah i know yeah that might sound silly to some people but that's the gosh honest truth might not be the answer with that so Mario talk to us about say hypothetically you could give advice to yourself as a young buck if you could go back 20 years and say alright young Mario I want you to be able to work on these two or three things it's gonna it's gonna help you is there any advice you'd give that young buck or you'd give you know my son when he turns 10 or 15 or anything like that oof that is such a good question man that's an expensive question (laughs) um I really don't know. I really don't know. Maybe just like you know, I've, I look back now and I realize that all the people that came into my life that made me better, they saw something in me that I didn't see at the time, mm-hmm. and they pulled that out of me. And I think if I was going to talk to my young self, I'd be like, have more, have more faith in yourself because these people clearly see what's in you that you might not see right now. Does that make? Because that, that, that has to be the truth. Because I think back now, and I realize how blessed I am to have these certain people come and help me with freediving or training or even to make me better in the industry. And I think, I realize now that's because they saw something. They took the time to give me that little extra. Well, like, and at the time, I don't... Uh, just more attention and more, like, really valid. Like, they gave that time because they saw something that I didn't see in myself, I think. Well, you, you I have... Think I probably, What's that? You have said iron sharpens iron. I read that and I liked that, that you like-minded people will kind of help you and you kind of gravitate towards people that might help you blossom. Yeah. You know, we, we, yeah. we tend to see that. That's why the two of us came up with this podcast together. You know, it was something we wanted to do together because we thought it was something that was going to stimulate and interest us going forward. Right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And I think when you're young, too, you don't. it's not that you have, it's not like there's a chip on your shoulder, but I think you're still trying to figure things out so it's you, you some people oh I don't want to listen to that person or I don't and they're you know that person doesn't know what they're talking about because you're still kind of figuring your own thing out but I would probably tell myself look man you know appreciate these people more because they're they're seeing something in you I think that's probably what I would tell myself okay. you know pace yourself pump your brakes nice. so nice some, that's such a good question man sorry yeah. <laughs> it's such a good question I wanted to tap into <laughs> philosophy for yeah. a minute um, so Mario just to talk to you about your injury that you had when you were deadlifting the back injury that you talk about um, I know on your website you mentioned that it was a big turning point for you that it helped you kind of change around your training and, and open your eyes to a few different things how do you how do you deal with a client um, who you want to make a similar change you want them, them to have a similar turning point but who hasn't had that injury to motivate them to change yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to go through it, don't you? You know, it's like yeah. someone can tell you all the time, don't put your finger in that socket. And then when you put your finger in the socket, you learn. Uh, hmm. Unfortunately, that's, you know, you only get better when you make mistakes. So hmm. I think, I think most of the time, some people will, most people will listen if they're looking at the bigger picture. They'll trust your, they'll trust your judgment because they realize you're there for a reason to make them better. But sometimes people just have, they're not going to listen, like, whatever, man, that's not going to happen to me. And then, then unfortunately, they do have that problem. So, but it's, it's made me all around better. And now, my, um, I'm actually working on my deadlift right now, so I've left it alone for a while. I know it's not a big number, but it's like a solid 205 kg, which is pretty decent for me, considering, 
you know, I've, I've been through certain things physically with my lower back, but now it's like nothing ever happened, but I'm still completely aware of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, excluding yourself, Mario, um, who would you put up to your clients as a role model? In our, say, example, follow them, their lifestyle is great, that's how you should train, obviously specific to what their goals are, but do you have role models yeah. that you recommend for people to follow or people you follow yourself? Oh, that's so, no, that's really, that's another good question because there's so many people that I take certain things from that inspire me, there's not just one person, you know? Um, I know for my, uh, like the person I am today is because it's a, a correlation of a bunch of people that I've met that have kind of helped me be who I am. Like there's not just one person I could say to people, hey, that's who you should follow. Yeah. Yeah. And now another tough one. T Mario, yeah. you've achieved an awful lot. You just set these up. You were writing these down, were you? <laughs> like, like I said, we've been, we've been wanting you on this for a while. So, oh, I'm very happy you reached out. I was very glad. You're a guy that's, that's done well so far. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your life goals. Like what is getting you, besides maybe family and friends, that's getting you up out of bed every day and, and just attacking whatever you're going at. What are, what are your life goals? What's important for you going forward? Uh, what's important is just, I mean, leading from the front, setting the example, you know, it's like I'm, I'm determined, you know, everybody has, everybody sees the world the way they want it to be and they want everyone to kind of be the same way and I've just learned, I'm just trying to live the life that I want the world to be. Like I want to lead from the front, everyone, I want to give everybody five minutes, I want to be able to help people have better lives, I just, just want to lead from the front and just set, set a healthy example. Um, and that's my kids and my family aside. I just want to be, I want to be what I'm saying I am. I don't want to be acting one way and not being that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I just want to walk it like I talk it, bottom line. Yeah, cool. So, so yeah. In, our, in our industry, Mario, like in this health and fitness industry, a lot of the time we have to have like quantifiable objective measures to, to measure our success, you know, whether we're rehabbing a patient yeah. or getting a client to deadlift 250 pounds instead of 230 pounds. What's, right. how do you judge your success kind of yourself personally? Do you have, do you have metrics or is it like you've just said, is it more of a philosophical, I'm being a good kind of role model to my family, I'm, I'm doing such and such or? No, how, no, I think what it is is, is you know, I, I love, I, I, I get such a thrill of seeing people do well, like other people succeeding. It just makes me feel good whether I have a part to do in there or not. Because even though you give someone a great program to train, they're still the ones that are physically putting in the work. Like yeah. even when I work on some of the, the, you know, the celebrities I worked with or the movie projects, I hear people say, oh my God, you did such a good job. I'm like, yeah, but they did the work. I just wrote the program. I was there for them, I helped them, but they still put the work in. So to see someone do well, I think really does a lot for me. And then it's almost like you're planting a healthy seed because you see this person grow and then they'll say something kind back or yeah. you know, you see a change in their, their, their outlook or just a change in the way they carry themselves or they were going through a rough time. That's, that, that makes me feel good. And that just seems to be like, when I throw that good energy out there, it just comes back in so many different ways. Okay. You know. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of high performance questions, Mario, that we ask everyone who comes onto the the podcast. So it's uh, your your okay. turn now to be put under the spotlight and see what you come up with. Um, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. 
how do you define <laughs> hyper- yeah, exactly yeah uh, we'll get the results to you afterwards but how do you define high performance what does that term mean to you high performance yeah uh, I guess high performance well I guess that depends on what you're that you're getting into I mean if your high performance would be like an NBA player or high performance if you have a small business that you're trying to run at the peak level that you could do it I guess it would just be consistency and whew, and I guess knowing when to push away from the table because you've got to take care of your priorities to reach that goal you know high performance if yeah. that's if that made any sense, oof, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, the consistency is definitely an element that, or it's a theme that yeah, has come I up think, a little bit. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just different levels of it. It's what you're going after, but I think consistency and just doing that little bit more that others aren't willing to do, I okay. think that's the edge because I've seen a lot of talented people that, you know, they get outworked by someone not as talented, but they're the ones showing up every day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hypothetical situation for you, Mario. You're you're free diving or you're you're bouldering, and something goes obviously not drastically wrong, but something goes wrong to put you off your stride. Do you have any techniques that you use or any advice you would give to any of your clients in a similar situation to reset themselves, kind of regain their focus, mm-hmm. regain their edge? Mm, um, yeah, I mean, when, when I have to go to free diving. It's when when you want to want to go fast, I slow down because that's it's mm-hmm. all about breath. So that's the best way I could probably say that if something goes south, I'm usually prepared to slow down. Because yeah. I think if someone gets panicked, then you get the tunnel vision and then you just shit go south. So it's always just try and be present and in the moment and maybe thinking a couple of steps ahead, but not to the point that you're not focusing on the moment that you're where you're at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know our third one from this. Tell us, Mario, what your, your current big three in life is. So what is important to you? It can be philosophical. It can be orientated to beliefs you have or mottos or creeds. What are three things that, if you're going to put down on a sheet of paper that mean something to Mario, what are they? Uh, obviously, my kids for sure. Um, putting out putting out good energy to get it back and just helping people grow. And that's like probably the three. That seemed to really work well for me. That's that seems to just be the what what works. Yeah. Nice. Good. Perfect. So, Mario, tell us a little bit about your work or your interest in ocean conservation. We came across this as well, and something we're both very interested to hear your take on. Yeah. Well, I mean, growing up in the Bahamas, it's you know I see. Unfortunately, I've seen such a change in the oceans to the point where it's just it's just heartbreaking, especially when you live on it. At living, you know, growing up in that area, and yeah. so I think what's happening now for me is seeing the change and then being away from the ocean for probably about the past five years now. Uh, I still go back during the summers to visit family and free dive and stay, you know, through the Florida and the Bahamas and stuff like that. But uh, I just, it's, it's almost like the ocean's kind of getting to the point now where it's like, dude, where are you? You got to come back and help us out. So I'm actually leaning more and more now, getting more involved in it. It's just, it's scratching at me around the edges. It's really bothering me. Yeah, really bothering me. So I'm just getting more involved in it any way I possibly can from here. And then I think probably in the next few years, I might move back permanently and just be doing that most of the time. I still keep my, I'll still be doing my training and, and, and training other people as I do, but I think that's going to become a bigger part of my life again. 
Yeah. So, because I just, I, it, it feels like I'm watching a fist fight that I can't jump in and help right now. Yeah. Physically, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like it's easy to post something. It's easy to write something. It's easy to throw some money at something. But I mean, physically getting in there and doing something is always better to me, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Before, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a water baby, dude. The bottom line, I feel more comfortable in the ocean than I do on land. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're nearly finished, Mary. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about this quote that drew my attention. I hope I quote it correctly, and I'd like you to explain exactly what it means to you. You uh-huh. you said, "Find what you love and let it kill you." Yeah, it's just the it's just the best way to go. I think what happens is so many people in life chase the wrong thing and they don't do what they love and that kills them so you should find what you love and let that kill you I think that's what it means it's like having that that you know I understand people have bills and responsibilities that they have to take care of but there's so many people that are doing what they don't want to do and a lot of times that ends up killing them over 30 40 year period um it's like just find what you love and let that kill you because at least you're doing what you love Mario, you're someone that comes across full of gratitude for a position that you're in, which is a position where you're able to inspire, influence, and give energy to so many people around the world. You're you're very interested. We're super interested about what you've spoken about today. Be that your work at the ocean, bouldering, free diving, so many things that make you such an interesting person that can give so much oh, back to you. anyone you meet. So, from the two of us here in Dublin, we just like to say thanks very much for coming on today, and and all the best with all your endeavors going forward, Mario. I I appreciate it. It was was very, it was very a pleasant surprise when you reached out. It was very kind. Thank you. No worries. Look, hope to catch up with you sometime soon in Ireland. No, for sure, man. I'm going to come out there and see you guys for sure. We'll have a point. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. Take care. Cheers, man. Thank you so much, guys. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.